What's up, people? Welcome back to Cryptids and Mystics. <laughs> yeah. We're back. Hell yeah. Welcome to a regular episode of Cryptids and Mystics, but sure. it's also on a super fucking special day. Uh, Yeah. What day is it, sir? It is the All Saints Feast Day, which is part of Dia de los Muertos. Yo, que paso? Yeah. yeah, buddy. Okay. Well, feliz dia to all of you. Yes. Uh, all those that celebrate and acknowledge exactly exactly welcome to your loved ones i hope they're here listening to us yeah hey good to have you here uh leave a five-star rating uh <laughs> a ghost one <laughs> a ghostly one is fine it's fine it's fine it all works it all works uh i'm manny sarah. and i'm sarah hi sarah hi how you doing we're just two buds chilling hanging out talking about weird creepy shit that's what we do that's what that we is do. what we do <laughs> uh you realize we're reaching close to reaching a year yeah how do we're you getting, feel about that? We're getting there. We're getting there. How do you feel about that old timer? Um, I don't know. Has it felt like a year to you? Not at all. Absolutely not. Yeah, we don't release every week either. We release every other week. So that's probably why it doesn't feel like a year. Yeah. I mean, we might at some point. I don't know. We'll see. But it, it's just, it, it's it's interesting though, because even then, to realize that, we, that we're inching closer to a full calendar year yeah. of doing this is... And the level of commitment involved into it, too. That's the thing, right? Because yeah. I mean, we both have had to commit to doing it. Oh, you know I mean? yeah. We've had to set aside time. We've done some weekdays. like Because we got to get shit done. Yeah. We're trying to done. bring you all content. The content that you deserve. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and the biggest thing, too, is that we love doing it. We do. We absolutely yeah. enjoy doing it. This is a labor of love, for sure. Yeah. I remember... When me and Sarah started talking about this, about doing this, it was one of those things where it's like, are, are we doing this? Yeah. Are it it took us like a year to get our shit together and actually do it. Right. Right. But honest to God, I'm super thankful that we did. Best decision. Fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, it's been fun as hell. I've learned so much already. Me too. Uh, the, the, the stuff I'm going to continue learning into the next year that we're going to be doing stuff. Fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I think that's what we forget. Like. You know, it's not just y'all learning from what we're telling you. Like, we don't know a lot of the things that we researched before because we want to know more about that. Right. So. And and that's, I think, the fun part of all of this is that it's stuff that we're already interested in. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then when we do the deep dives, we, we learn a hell of a lot more. I'm like, holy shit, I yeah. have no idea. Like, when it, like, I, I always think back to the episode of um the wendigo mm-hmm. and learning a lot of the connections of like the wendigo psychosis right of, oh yeah of, like, uh, understanding how that was talking about uh discouraging people from cannibalism because mm-hmm. of the 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 trial like the troubling times during winter when people would reach a point of desperation right yeah the jersey devil and connections with, with benjamin franklin oh my God, you know so like weird. uh the the fucking puck wedgie and all the things i learned from the fucking puck wedgie that yeah. i never fucking really knew like i knew it existed but i didn't know much about it mm-hmm. Uh, you know, freaking Lake Elsnore having their fucking own crypto. Elsie, she's a badass. Her humps. <laughs> her lovely lady. Lumps, I love okay. her. That's been fun. And yeah. then you know, the cool thing for me is that a lot of the stuff that Sarah talks about, like I've heard of and like had like little ideas here and there, certain mm-hmm. things. But overall, I'm all like, dude, I'm learning for the first time. <laughs> so uh, if you guys are learning for the first time, welcome. Because, you know, I'm learning along with you, too. Yeah, so. I love to share that with y'all. Mm-hmm. I think my favorite episode that I've done so far has to be the Velisca Axe Murders. That shit was insane. I did such a deep dive. I'm really proud of the investigative work <sighs> I did on fucking, that. He did some fucking work on that one. I'm, I just, I can't believe all the stuff I found out. That's like, amazing. It, it was, was amazing. Really, really, really good labor of love. That, that was, was my amazing. very first two-parter. Yeah, that was. Yeah. 
I mean, worthy two party though for sure. Oh, for sure. That's, yeah. You, it, it would have been like at least a two three hour episode <laughs> if we did insane. it all in one. Yeah. And and yeah. I think I don't think we could have done that. <laughs> That'd have been too much part- at that point. Yeah, two parter is better than like a three hour episode. Three hours is crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, we talk a lot as is already. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure you, that's gonna probably add more to it. Yeah. Um, fun thing for you guys if you're listening for the first time. So the way that our structure works is that we don't tell each other what we're gonna cover. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's a surprise every it's, time. It's a surprise every time. Well, it's we a, try. Yeah. I mean, we get excited and like, be like, oh my God, I'm <laughs> going to share this with you. It's fucking yeah. amazing. Or if we feel like we're going to cross over a little, we kind of try and tell each other like, hey, don't do this because I'm doing it. Right, right. And there's times where we channel each other's energies mm-hmm. and, and it just synchronizes perfectly. Exactly. Because wait until you find out what I'm covering today. Uh-oh. You're going you're gonna to realize the synchronicities behind what you covered in the last episode. So. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, I'm ready. It's pretty cool. Uh, it'll probably be short on my end. I'll give you guys a fair warning now because okay. it's, you know, a relatively smaller topic. But still, I think one that's I found really interesting. So, yeah. Quick business before we jump in. You know, follow us on the socials. You know, Instagram, TikTok. It, you can find it through at Cryptids and Mystics Pod. Mm-hmm. Email us. Uh, cryptos and mystics podcast at gmail.com mm-hmm. in case you guys want to share any stories of the spooky or paranormal mm-hmm. or or suggestions uh, or suggestions of episodes that you guys would like for us to cover or maybe even crypto that you ran along the way or if you yeah. ran to la llorona at some point and you want to talk mm-hmm. about it like share that too <clears throat> please feel free to share all that if you don't want to write it out perfectly fine send us an audio clip as well too yeah. we, we would love to use your voices as well too you know, we, we don't have to. I can also transcribe it for you. Yeah, we can do that too. I mean, you know, we'll Whatever charge you a little extra. Whatever you're feeling in your heart. We'll charge you a little extra for it, but it's cool. It's cool. <laughs> Mammy's yeah. charging you, not me. Yeah. You know, coffee is fine. Um, <laughs> and speaking of coffee for us, mm-hmm. we would love it if you joined our Patreon. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. that would be really cool because that feeds our habit. Yes. You know, we have but, a $3 tier and a $5 tier. Mm-hmm. The $5 tier, you get a sticker mailed to your house mm-hmm. of our logo, which is really cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And for all those tiers, you get access to early episodes, um, special episodes, and special content. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Including feed picks. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, but you also get access to all the episodes, too, along the way, too. So, like, yeah. stuff that was been released to the general public you can get through there as well, too. Like Sarah mentioned, the bonus episodes that we don't release to the general public because, you know, uh, you gotta pay up. Um, <laughs> yeah, and we just would appreciate the support. If you can't do that, it's perfectly fine totally understandable yeah uh, but if you can just leave us a rating as well too on spotify apple Podcasts, soundcloud wherever you get your podcast out yeah. i guess uh that would be greatly appreciated we would love that so much you know uh any feedback would be appreciated for sure and just any support in that way i think would, would, yeah, would be even great. like comments on our instagram if you want to just yeah. be like hey loved what you did here yeah, or chat very interested or y'all made a mistake please rectify it that's okay too actually no we're perfect i don't want to hear it <laughs> i don't want to hear it i don't i will i will you know, make amends for our mistakes on behalf of Manny. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I'll I'll do it too. I'm talking shit. I'll do it too. (laughs) Anyway, I believe today my friend Sarah's going to get us going first. It's me. I'm going first. Yay. All right, what you got? All right. (laughs) So for today. Okay, so like, not that I'm a chismosa, but I am. (laughs) I was like, okay, stop right there. Okay. Okay. You got me. We need to be honest here. This is an honest show. This is an honest show. All right. So there's nothing more that I love in my heart than an old-fashioned secret. Okay. I love it. So today, let's talk about secret societies. Hey! Yeah. All right. All right. This is a little bit spooky. I'm going to give it that. I like it. I like okay. It. <laughs> so the, Bring it. 
<laughs> the definition of a secret society is a group or an organization that hides its activity and sometimes its membership and maintains no public persona or presence at all. Oh. Their goal is to be as hidden as possible. And a lot of times secret societies are thought of as like related to large universities, particularly old ones with money. Hmm. Hmm. Money being corrupt? Nah. nah. Never. <laughs> Never. So here are two really well-known secret societies. I just wanted to give you two because there's so fucking many out there. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. So I want to break it down a little. Okay. Um, the most commonly known secret society at a university is the Skull and Bone Society of Yale. I heard that one, yeah. Yeah. So it's also been called the Order, Order 322, or the Brotherhood of Death. It is informally called Bones for short. <laughs> <laughs> and it does not keep its membership secret, unlike many secret societies. It's actually one of the big three societies at Yale, the other two being Scroll and Key and Wolf's Head. I've never heard of Wolf's Head. I haven't either, but I heard of Scroll and Key. So I get, well, we don't go to Yale, so we wouldn't know. But. I mean, we went at one point. <laughs> just wasn't our cup of tea, you know? Yeah, I quit. Mm. Yeah, it wasn't worth it for me. Yeah, I went to the local Polytechnic University instead. <laughs> Long Beach State. Uh, you know, Long Beach State's hard to get into. I, I, I don't know how the fuck I got in. Um, Because you're smart. Eh. <laughs> I partied too much was the problem. Mm. Anyway, anyway, we're not airing out their laundry here. We're gonna move on. <laughs> we all have degrees. We made it. We're yeah, fine. Fuck yeah, I'm a professional somehow. <laughs> all right. So Bones has been around since 1832. Holy shit! Yeah, it's been a minute. Because Yale started as all male, they didn't integrate women into the school until 1969. Uh, so Bones didn't attempt to tap women until 1971. Um, that sounds weird. Yeah, right. side note, <laughs> tapping is, like, when you, it, like, refers to, like, the literally, like, tapping of someone's shoulder to get their attention. So they send you, like, a little note at your dorm. It's oh. like, you're invited to Skull and Bones, show up at this and this time. I'm surprised they don't say, you want to get boned? No, not boned! <laughs> That's really gross. I'm sure some people say that. Uh, well, you know, I'm just saying. That I don't know. This... I don't go there. I don't know. <laughs> Went there once. Okay. <laughs> um... <laughs> Left it and went to the, the local Kelly. Very <laughs> gross. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> we all have our preferences. Uh, <laughs> Wanted to stay local, whatever. <coughs> Couldn't be that far away from family. Okay. If I could ever get into Yale. Okay. Um, oh, right. So it was a hot button issue, and many alumni actually fought the inclusion of women. Including a former member in 1991. Okay, dude. Who literally got a restraining order saying that the bylaws of the actual society would need to be amended before they made a change like that. Okay, you're fucking gross, dude. Insane. No. Um, the alumni also locked them out of the tomb during that time, which is a small meeting building that they have expanded over the years. That's where they call their meeting building. Okay. So they were forced to meet elsewhere during this time. Ew. So like Bones has a history of denying Jewish people, black people, and people of color in general. As most university secret societies did, as higher education always and still is in many ways made for rich white men. Sounds about right. Yeah. Checks out. <laughs> Even though this society is well known in American society, many of its inner workings remain rumors and legends. Mm -hmm. The badge for the society is a gold background with a skull and crossbones on top. And then underneath that is the number 322. And it's said that the members worship a made-up goddess named Eulogia, a goddess of eloquence. Okay. The relevance of the number 322 
is sort of unknown, but some think it has something to do with the suicide of the Greek orator Demosthenes. Demosthenes? Probably right. I don't know. Sure. <laughs> there were some letters between members that described Demosthenes' death as the end of the Lamian War, where the Athenians were made to end their government system and start a plutocratic one instead, where only the richest members were allowed to be there and the others were exiled. Wow. Basically, people consider this the end of the Hellenistic world. Okay. Um, Bones is known for selecting students who are suspected of becoming a powerful per person in the future. Mm. So notable members, people that you might know, are George W. Bush, Ugh. George H. W. Bush, Ugh. John Kerry, Ugh. William Howard Taft, and he mm. was a founding member son. Oh, wow. Henry Robinson Luce, the, for the founder of Time Magazine. Oh. L. Hesberg, a football player and the first Jewish member. Oh. Levi Jackson, also a football play player and later an exec at Ford and the first black member. Oh. And actor Paul Giamatti. What? Yeah. What I didn't know fuck? he was in Bones. Isn't that weird? I like Paul Giamatti. <laughs> There's so much more to the society. Like, they have their own company named after a founder called the Russell Trust Association. And it owns their real estate, like the tomb and also an island in New York between the U.S. and Canada where they have retreats for alumni called the Deer Island Club. Okay. Yeah. That sounds a little sus. But I do want to tell you about other societies, so let's move on from that one. Oh, okay, thanks. <laughs> I'm Next. never going to join it anyway. So <laughs> Next, let's talk about the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. And I know we've mentioned this before. Wait. <laughs> I mean, that's not a very creative name, but okay. No. And we've talked about this in relation to the history of tarot cards when I covered that. Okay. I was, I was just like, yeah. wait, hold on. I like briefly wait. mentioned it because the members, like a couple of the members that were there, created the cards. Got it. But this time I want to talk about what it is and how it started. Okay. So this society was specifically created to study the occult and metaphysics. It was founded in Great Britain in 1887, but disbanded in 1903. So nope. really short lived. Okay. And it was due to internal arguments that it was, like, oh. short-lived. So, oh. Ironically, the three founders were former Freemasons <laughs> that left the society due to disagreements. Their names were William Robert Woodman, William Wynne Westcott, and Samuel Liddell Mathers. Because of their Freemason background, the organization was done as a hierarchy. But unlike the Freemasons, they initiated women as equal to men. Oh, wow. So good for them. Oh, shit. <laughs> Look at you guys being progressive. <laughs> Wow. Well, they were pretty progressive for their time. But yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. They had 60 magical initiation rituals that were documented in the cipher manuscripts, which were written in English using the Trithemius cipher. They included subjects like Hermetic Kabbalah, astrology, occult tarot, geomancy, and alchemy. These were all invented by William Westcott, but unfortunately, he left not long after founding the order. William Woodman and Samuel Mathers took up the post of running the order after that. Okay. Fun fact. In order to get into the order and actually move up in it, you had to decipher their manuscripts. The Trithemius cipher is a square table of the English alphabet, and each row is made by shifting the former line to the left and then wrapping the rest of it around. So if you look it up, it makes more sense. Okay. Like if you could see it visually. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> the order actually had different temples named after gods scattered across Europe. They had Egyptian associations like the Osiris Temple in Western Supermare, the Horus Temple in Bradford, and the Amun-Ra Temple in Edinburgh. Um, in 1893, Mathers founded the Ahathor Temple in Paris, France. Okay. The first temple was made in 1887 
and its location was hidden in the cipher documents. It was claimed that a woman named Anna Springle, a German countess, was in contact with the secret chief, which is a spiritual being that contains great power and can be incarnate of flesh or otherworldly. Mm. So I know there was a lot of nonsense to most of us. <laughs> and so let's break it down. All right. <laughs> so Samuel Mathers, who is now acting as one of the leaders, claims he spoke to Anna Springle. And he said her backstory was that she is the love child of Ludwig I of Bavaria and Lola Montez. That is the illegitimate child of the goddamn king of Bavaria and an Irish dancer. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. So Mathers also said that she was the one in contact with the otherworldly being known as a sacred chief. And these secret chiefs were like gods. And therefore, if they said something, occultists believed it. Um, Mather used this to found the first temple, okay. stating that Anna Springle said the secret chief said it. Not only that, but when the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn started to fall apart as quickly as it came together, Mathers used this woman and her connection to the Secret Chief to make his very own connection with the Secret Chief and claimed that he was the leader of the Second Order, which is the next level up in the society. So sources trust me, bro. Yes. That's really what that is. Exactly what it is. Jeez. Yeah. Fun fact, Mathers claimed that the Secret Chiefs were living here on Earth in human bodies, but had quote, terrible superhuman powers. Are you going to tell the listeners that it's you? It's me! I'm yes! <laughs> it's not me. Damn! <laughs> Thought we had an end, guys. <laughs> I don't know if you're all as skeptical as I am, but uh... um, this guy sounds like he's full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. I th- again, I told you, his sources, trust he, me, bro. Yeah, he was definitely on a power trip. Hey, you know, it's like, it's, it, I heard it, so it, it, there it is. Yeah, so we don't love Samuel Mothers, yeah. but... <laughs> uh, I don't like this one. He was just like a weird dude who like yeah. wanted to be a leader or something. Like, relax. And if you're thinking like, oh, what about that Anna girl? Her existence has never been proven to this day. Okay. <laughs> See. And he claims, oh, it's because she was an illegitimate child. Oh, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Oh my god. So he's a liar. Is what I'm saying. He's a lying liar who lies. Ew, liar. <laughs> Gross. I can't. No. no. Anyway, so supposedly Anne gave Anna gave Mathers and Westcott. The permission to start other temples in Britain and France. The one in Britain was called the Isis Urania Temple. And in the beginning, it was more about like metaphorical rites and stuff. They didn't do very many real rituals, but those they did were deeply rooted in Rosicrucianism, mm-hmm. which is what Anna was supposedly into. Okay. So actually like Mathers and Woodman. Right. Um, the people who ran the temple became disillusioned with Mathers and Westcott very quickly as they were never given permission to speak to the secret chief. Mm-hmm. And this is when Arthur Edward Waite and Pamela Coleman Smith came into the picture, the creators of the Rider Waite Smith tarot deck. Okay. They reorganized the church and pushed it to a more mystical direction, and the temple eventually closed in 1914. Fun fact. Maybe for the best. <laughs> yeah, definitely for the best. Yeah. <laughs> Fun fact Rosicrucianism is just occult Christianity. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It has tons of rituals involving alchemy and the like during the early 17th century. Okay. It is said to have started in Germany through the distribution of secret pamphlets. And it appears to have been started by a German doctor named Christian Rosenkreuz, who named who claimed that the Christian father was born in 1378 and that he lived for over 100 years in the Middle East, was a serf and was unable to spread his knowledge in Europe. Mm-hmm. He gathered an order of no more, than, no more than eight men who were all trained in medical and healing knowledge and asked them to spread his word. They did so as the Rosicrucian order. Each was a bachelor sworn to virginity. They were sworn to assist the sick without ever asking for payment. 
and they were also expected to find a replacement for themselves and train them before they died to keep the order going. Wow. So he thought the order somehow died out, and then he was restarting Rosicrucianism. What does the virginity thing have to do with it? I don't know. Like a that's, priest, that's, maybe? That's still weird to me. It's I like, really don't get that. Okay. I think it was like trying to tie it to like the priests of um, Catholicism. Oh, okay. Maybe. And then like the fact that his last name was Rosencruz, but he called it Rosicrucianism. Like, are you saying you're the chosen one or you just made it up? Mm, what do we think? Both. <laughs> Both can be true. Yeah. Both can be true. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So now back to the Golden Dawn. Let's come back. Yeah, let's come back. <laughs> Much went on with the secret society. It had famous members like the author William but- Butler Yeats, the actress and activist Florence Farr, and of course, the infamous Aleister Crowley. That fucking guy. <laughs> Aleister Crowley is best known as an occultist and a ceremonial magician. He eventually founded the religion of the Lema, which persists today. Samuel Mathers himself inducted Crowley into the Golden Dawn. It was there that Crowley took on the term and was sometimes called Freighter perdurabo, which he interpreted as I shall endure to the end. Freighter means brother in Latin and perdurabo means persevere. Okay. Yeah. So as much as he was welcomed by the elders of the Golden Dawn and taught magical rituals and the like, he quickly became unpopular, like very quickly. Others thought he was debaucherous and a bit silly. Mm. Yates was known for hating him specifically. <laughs> it said that a lot of the hate from the members came from his open bisexuality, but we can't be sure. Hey. So I hope it's not just like biphobia, but I don't know. Right, right. They they thought he was an extremist. Well, I mean, he historically is shown to be an yeah, extremist and with he, a lot of things. He right? did like so. use his power in quote understanding spirituality to like get people to sleep with him. So he was a master manipulator. So oh, we don't really like him. Oh, so you just want to get his dick wet. Yeah, pretty uh-huh. much. boy. <laughs> it's said that Crowley's initiation initiation into the second order by Mathers was what caused the true schism between Mathers and the other members. Mm-hmm. And they didn't want Crowley in it, and Mathers did it without anyone else's approval or permission. So, like, he went to them, and they're like, no, we're not doing it. So he went to Mathers and went over their head, and Mathers did it. What a dick. Yeah. Manipulative um. fuck. <laughs> so knowing the tides were turning against them, uh-huh. he told Crowley and Crowley's girlfriend at the time to seize the Vault of the Adepts, which was a temple of the Golden Dawn. As a result, everyone alienated Mathers and Crowley, and they retained their own temple. They never got it. It turns out this was actually the last straw in a long line of discretions by Mathers that the members hated. It's also rumored that Mathers left important Golden Dawn documents in a hansom cab. They were found and linked to him, and when his employer found out, they told him he could either leave the order or lose his job as a coroner. So I didn't know that the man who created this was a coroner, and that's creepy. <laughs> Ew. Yeah. Wow. Oh, fun fact. Handsome Cab is a brand name. I know this is off topic, but I always thought Handsome Cab was like handsome. Mm-hmm. But no, it's H-A-N-S-O-M-E. It's the last name of the guy who invented it. Oh. Yeah, I didn't know that. It's a, one of those small ones that is like a covered carriage and the driver sits behind the covered carriage, like high up on a platform. Mm-hmm. And then he like reaches over and whips the horses in the front. And it's like balanced. That's weird. It's designed to have extreme balance and be small enough that it goes faster than other cabs. Oh. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, it gets fair, right? Yeah. Because it distributes the weight a little bit better. Yeah. I had never, I didn't know that. I didn't know it was a special name for that. Okay. But that's what it was. Wow. <laughs> Learns the, well, 
other new things today. So <laughs> that's another one that fall in there. Jeez. So anyway, all this gossip to say that spiritualists are messy as fuck, and they always have been. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's some there, there's some pettiness there for sure. For sure. Oh my god. And those are just two of the more interesting societies for you. There are like a ton of them out there. So I'll probably do a whole episode on like a really good one in the future. So if anyone has a suggestion for like something they want to hear about, then I'll definitely do that. I'm I'm just a willing passenger at this point. You share whatever you want, man. <laughs> I got it. My sources are the Wikipedia on Skull and Bones, Secret Societies, Freemasonry, Demosthenes, uh, Order of the Golden Dawn, and then MentalFloss.com, NewYorkTimes.com, SmithsonianAssociates.org, AtlasObscura.com, SmithsonianMag.com, um, edu, and History.com. Nice. Yeah. So mine's not very long, but I thought it'd be cool to talk like about secret that. societies. That was good. Thank you. Uh, I mean, you know, we could probably create our own at this point too if we really want. Oh yeah, to. let's get one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of us will have to be the one that hold the key to like everything. It's like, okay. oh, I heard it, so therefore this is it. I might yeah. lose it, so maybe not me. Well, you're the one that's in tune with the audience. <laughs> it might be best if you do have it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Which I mean, check in. I don't think you checked in today. Oh, not today. Mm, okay, we're checking in on y'all. I mean, they're here, but. Who knows? Are any of them hungover? Is that what's going on? I don't know. Like? They're not vibing right now. Okay, okay. <laughs> Guys, come on. Get some liquid IV. Let's go. <laughs> not <Got> sponsored. <laughs> not sponsored. But they, they are pretty tasty either way. Yeah. All right. Manny's turn. My turn. So, like I mentioned, mine's short. But it's also kind of connected to a little bit that Sarah talked about in the last episode for the Halloween edition that we, that we released. So, you, friend, made mention of Dia de los Muertos, right? I did. So, I mean, I technically could give you guys, give you guys a history of Dia de los Muertos. Not going to do that. Yeah. Not I mean, I did. In yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, did, did you know there's other, like, uh, other days that lead up to the... Mm-hmm. I didn't know that until recently. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. That's something that's more celebrated, though, traditionally in Mexico. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, But there's something within the Dia de los Muertos that I wanted to cover that I found to be very interesting and also maybe slightly connecting to cryptids, but, you Ooh, know. love this. So, because, you know, that's my jam. That's okay. what I do. His jelly, his jam. Uh, so, we're going to talk about alebrijes today. Oh, I love alebrijes! Oh, my gosh. Okay, this is a really cool this topic. Is, this is it. This is it. So, sources, Wikipedia on alebrijes, an article from February 27, 2023. Uh, what are alebrijes? Plus, we'll tell you how to discover your Mexican spirit animal. Mm-hmm. Silencio.com, uh, alebrijes spirit guide. And yes, we're going to figure out what are alebrijes. Oh, yay. Okay. Uh, this is why it's also short, too, because I'm like, ah, that's the part I wanted to bring in. Okay, okay. An article from the University of Kentucky talking about uh, talking about the alebrijes of Oaxaca, Mexico. Mm-hmm. An online blog from March 1st of 2018 from some guy. totally didn't write it properly, I guess. Alebrijes, what does your animal spirit look like? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is my resources or sources here. Okay. And let's dive in. Yes. They're also known as spirit animals. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the word alebrije means imaginary or fantasy. Mm-hmm. So that's... There you go. My my portion of the episode is done. <laughs> Where are they located? So they um the tradition is like really heavy in Oaxaca specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh San Martin Tilcajete. Uh it's known as the land of Alebrijes there. Oh. 
but the story itself originated from Ciudad de Mexico, mm-hmm. uh, to be fair. You know? okay. Like that's that's really uh, the the modern interpretations of what we have of, of what alebrijes are came from. From Mexico Mexico. City, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll get to the origin story in a bit, so uh, it'll make sense in a minute. But they started making these figures as well, too, uh, these colorful figures in Colombia, too. Mm -hmm. Fun fact, there was no word for alebrije in Colombia. Uh, So they started calling them dragoncito, (laughs) or little dragon. That's really cute. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which uh, which is interesting that it's like, but it's Spanish, right? So they technically Mm -hmm. should be able to pronounce it, but they didn't have it, so... How do we describe these creatures? Well, they tend to be described as very colorful and distorted-looking animals. Mm-hmm. Even so, the animals can vary, including, you know, coyotes, lizards, armadillos, turtles, snakes, rabbits, deer, mm-hmm. frogs, monkeys, owls, eagles, jaguars, butterflies, even uh, fish, hummingbirds, snails—like mm-hmm. like, a lot of just animals that way yeah um they could also have other features not typical of that sort of animal to have like for example you know a rabbit with uh wings or something Mm -hmm. you know or antlers tails bulging eyes even yeah fierce teeth Mm -hmm. those are scary looking for (laughs) sure well they didn't say they were beautiful that's true the colors are beautiful though (laughs) yeah because they're very multicolored as well too Mm -hmm. in some instances it's also described as a human that shape shifts into animal form Oh, I didn't know that. Uh huh. Uh huh. I thought they were just animals. Okay. Nah. Yeah. And and you you'll see where that's coming from because there are roots in, in Mesoamerican cultures, well, too, mm-hmm. that help inspire the alebrije mm-hmm. uh, concept or spirit animal concept. Uh, so it makes sense why okay. that would be a part of it. So the origin story, the one that we the one that we kind of associate now, right? Is obviously, if you watch Coco, you learn about alebrijes, mm-hmm. but um. This is where this is the story that helped create or inspire that. So the Alebrijes we've come to know today originated from a Mexican artist from the 1930s by the name of Pedro Linares. Okay. He created colorful and vibrant paper mache sculptures of animals. Hmm. Of course, people were wondering, like, where is this coming from? Like, it's an interesting concept. They hadn't really seen it before. Mm-hmm. So what inspired him to create these creatures was a fever dream. Oh. Uh. So. Got it. Yeah. So it turns out that when he was in his and when he was in like thirty ish years old or so, Mm -hmm. he became very ill with a really really high fever and eventually to the point of where he lost consciousness. Okay. He dreamt of a weird calming place that seemed to look a lot like a forest. Oh. In this forest, he said he saw giant rocks, tall trees, and an expansive sky. Okay. Like probably like a bad hit at this point, a bad trip really. Poor guy. But it was interesting about it is that he felt healthy and healed while he was in that state. Aww. So, like, he felt very calm. He wasn't hurting anymore. He wasn't, mm-hmm. like, hell, you could maybe even say he probably died with yeah. the way it sounds like. You know what I mean? He never actually said that, but that's what it sounds like. Okay. So, all of a sudden, the the landscape started shifting. Uh, things started changing shape. They, but they started changing into animals mm. with a lot of the unique features that we were just mentioning earlier. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, he saw, like, mules with dragonfly wings, roosters with antlers, griffins and dragons, you know, things like that. And with, uh, you know, unnatural colors and patterns swirling around their bodies as mm. well, too. The animals apparently kept chanting the word alebrije oh. in this dream. 
And he became so spooked by it that he eventually was able to wake up. That from sounds that. really spooky. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine fucking tripping out like that. Eight severely. out of ten spooky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> but that's where Alibi Here comes from, is because that's what okay. he heard them saying. All right. right? And uh, you know, that's the thing, right? Is that the the concept of spirit animals obviously has existed for much longer. Yeah. So, for example, in Mayan, Toltec, and Mixtec cultures. It talks about men who are capable of shape-shifting into different animals. Mm, mm-hmm. Mesoamerican belief has it that men would escape into nature, or I guess go camping, I don't know, <laughs> call it whatever you want, uh-huh. fall asleep, and then the animal that would appear in their dream would become their official Nahuatl, or mm, spirit animal. Spirit animal. Mm-hmm. So what purpose do they serve, aside from demonstrating beautiful colors and very odd shapes and things of that nature? It depends on where you get your info from. Okay. Let's start there. Uh, the typical belief is that they are spirit animals to help guide you. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, there are examples of how the Nahuatl transforms at night to do evil things as well. Mm, I don't like that. Yeah. There are also other instances in which they are more shapeshifters to communicate with nature and perform healing. Mm, I like that. Yeah. But the most common amongst ancient Mesoamerican cultures is that their animals and uh, is that animals and humans are able to fuse together. Okay. So that's kind of like the like the the, the balance between uh you know our life and nature, right? So oh, okay. it's kind of coming back to that. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot more history than we thought though, too. Yeah. Cuz I mean, yes, the story that we know now originates from 1930s, right? Mm-hmm. But it goes way further than that at this point. Although what we know as spirit guides like the ones that we've been talking about in Mesoamerican cultures, there have been beliefs in different versions of magical spirit guides. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Names for these spirit guides have been known to be Tona and Nahual, like I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier. Tona in uh, Zapotec culture ends up meaning animal or protective spirit. Mm-hmm. The, so the way that they would they would uh, figure this out is that you'd be assigned one based on your birthday. Oh. How they figured this out was by using the Zapotec calendar, which included 13 months mm-hmm. and then divided by 20 days. Each day was then dedicated to a specific Tona okay. or Nahual. You know? mm-hmm. Sightings of these Mythical spirit animals depends on where you get your story from, obviously. Okay. You know, but in Nahuatl culture, which, like I mentioned earlier, consists of the Mayan and Toltecs and all that, it was more like shape shifting creatures. So. Mm-hmm. How do you connect to a spirit guide in this case? Good question. <laughs> that can also vary. Okay. In some instances, that can happen at birth, but it seems like the general consensus is that it happens through your dreams. Oh, okay. Okay. It can also be through an animal you already feel a connection to, like your pet. Mm-hmm. Like Dante and Coco. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's why... That's why he it, turns into it, another Brigitte. Right, right. Because he, you know, uh, Miguel had that connection with Dante mm-hmm. to an extent, right? Like he, Yeah. But like he cared for him. There was still some sort of care between each other. So that's why he became mm-hmm. his alebrije. Uh, there can also be instances in which an alebrije connects souls through similar characteristics and skills. Mm, okay. So for example... If if you're the type of person that sings mm-hmm. and loves to sing, it just feels like a natural connection to doing so. Mm-hmm. You might connect to a bird or a hummingbird or things like that. Very you know, true. so there's an example of how you would also connect to a spirit animal that way. You with me? Um, yeah. Cool. <laughs> I have a question though. What's up? So you know how like a lot of people in Mexico don't like bujos? They mm-hmm. think they're evil. Mm-hmm. That's interesting that they would be in the alebrije category. Like, imagine if your alebrija was a bujo. Like, 
would that make you inherently evil? <laughs> Maybe. Interesting. Interesting to note. So fun. So funny thing about this thing though, mm-hmm. is that the website that that I used for it <laughs> is actually also a website that makes uh, like tequila and all that stuff like that too. So okay, they just have a little fun quiz for you. Yeah. Okay. Where it literally has you put in your your date of birth and then it. it Pops out what would be your your alebrije. So if you guys want to follow along at some point at home, the website is silencio s i l e n c i o dot com forward slash spirit. Got it. Woo-hoo. Got it. It also gives you a little breakdown to what an alebrije is and everything. Oh, so. that's really cool. Date of birth, friend. Go. Uh, July fifth. The year. Year. Eighty-eight. We're not dating you. I promise. <laughs> All right. So yours, iguana and monkey. What? Those are your alebrijes. I get two? You get two. Okay. Uh, Let's see. You never mix business with pleasure. You are attractive and fit for diplomacy or politics. You live well and are vivacious, but you are tough to change. Oh, that's probably true about me. There's a second part. I'm waiting for the second part to load. So iguana and monkey. Iguana, I love. Monkey, I'm kind of scared of monkeys, to be honest. That's interesting, though. Yeah. That's interesting, though. Let's see the second part. Um, you tell to change and give empty promises with good intentions. Legends know when to be stubborn and when to adapt. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> and, it's off, and it's suggesting you try this cocktail. Oh, a smoky Negroni. I love a smoky cocktail. There you How go. How do they know me? There you go. Oh, suspicious. That's <laughs> <laughs> a little, little, little sus there, guys. But all right, I guess. <laughs> All right, let's see. Let me do mine again. I forgot what mine was. Okay, tell everyone what your birthday is, though. July 1st, 1985. And your social security number is? 555. <laughs> you can take my debt if you want. Oh, no. A hummingbird and a coyote. Ooh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Those are good ones. I know. I was like, oh, that's impressive. Uh, you are a born artist, especially in literature and music. You have a cheerful spirit. Logic and reason do not bring you down. But you struggle to manifest visions oh. and things like that. So yeah. okay, yeah, mine sounds okay. <laughs> it sounds like I have a hard time with certain things, though, mm. <laughs> which sounds about right. But you have really cool animals, though. It checks out. It checks out. Um, let's see. The magical arts attract you. Fantasy is a source of inspiration. The earth is a better place to live. And my cocktail is the Silencio Hot Toddy. And I love a hot toddy. Ooh, hot you know, I love so a hot toddy. Look at that. That looks good. That does look really good. It looks yummy. So what is Silencio? Is it tequila? I think so. Let me... I guess different spirits. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's mezcal. There you go. Oh, mezcal. Okay. There you go. I, no wonder it's smoky. Mezcal is like naturally smoky. Mm. It is pretty tasty though. I do like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm okay with it. And that, my friends, is Alebrijes. Yay! It was interesting. Uh, I forgot to mention one last thing, too. Um, Diego, uh, Diego Rivera and Frida Kahlo mm-hmm. made the concept more popular. Mm-hmm. They started commissioning the guy's work yeah. when he was doing the paper mache work. That makes sense. And that's what really into like um, surrealism. So. so that's what brought it to the forefront and made it become more popular at that point. Okay. Because he, he started off as more like a local vendor doing those things, right? I always thought that was a really, really old thing, but I guess it's not that old. The, the, the current version of it is not. Okay. But the concept itself obviously dates back further. Oh, yeah. You know, like so. 
spirit animal any native culture had had spirit Mm -hmm. um, animals something that connects your personal spirit to nature Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which makes sense yeah so uh, i always wondered where it came from i I figured there was indigenous roots to it Mm -hmm. but i had no idea that it was more of a fever dream than anything yeah like that's where the common image comes from now right right right, that's really cool i like it i think if anything they're beautiful they're so beautiful uh, like the the vibrant colors the patterns behind yeah. them the like I, weird little additions of like wings and extra arms and i think that's so cool right right because it, it adds to the mystique right yeah especially if the, the limbs are like jagged and pointed in a certain direction yeah. or whatever something the case is or bulging eyes relate to in the spirit world and something that like is protective of you in the spirit world that's so beautiful like that it's a really cool concept i love that i yeah. love that and and i mean like i'll be honest i first time i heard about it was uh, in coco oh i'd heard about it before that but i didn't know that i thought it was older so. yeah I, i'd never heard of it until then i was like what the hell is an alebrije right it's and for the longest cool. time i always wanted to figure out what the hell it was <laughs> and so now knowing a little bit more about it, i'm like see that makes it even cooler at this yeah. point yeah you know i mean at Disneyland, they sell a version of Dante as an alebrije, so he's like colorful. And then they sell a version where he's blank, but like designed like one, so you can color him in. That's cute. It's so cute. Yeah, I want that for me. <laughs> Sorry, kids, move. <laughs> it's for me. Your kids are like with their little markers, and you're like, "No, this is my alebrije." No, stop touching it. <laughs> stop touching it. It's oh, like man. it's like I fight them off for uh, my. Uh, Fresno Nightcrawler. Oh my god, <laughs> he's so cute! Uh, I, bought, I bought Manny a Fresno Nightcrawler for his birthday. I know, so that he's made me so, so happy. Cute. It's made a me cute, so stuffy. happy. I'm all like, "Hello, friend." It is really cute. Uh, walking pants, that's for sure. So, if you would also like a cute, cuddly Fresno Nightcrawler for yourself, I ordered off Etsy from someone called Mari Bits Treasures. So it's M A R I B I T S, and then Treasures. It's all one word, and they're based in Salem, Oregon. It is super cute, very quality, like it's really good quality fabric, quality like craftsmanship. Um, it's like weighted at the bottom, so you can kind of like stand it up and stuff. It's mm-hmm. so cute. I mm-hmm. love it so much. I do too. It did take a minute to get out to me, so if you're planning on it for like a birthday gift, I would say order it like two months in advance. Yeah, because I mean, I imagine she probably makes it herself. Yeah, she does it's, by hand. Then so, there you go. Yeah, I, I mean, trust me when I when I tell you, it's it's beautifully done. Yeah. It is beautifully done. It was just one of the cutest gifts I've ever given anyone. I know. <laughs> I had I a hard time partying so with it. <laughs> yeah. Should I just keep it? <laughs> then you would have been like, where did this Fresno Nightcrawler come from? And why don't I have one? I, I am offended. <laughs> How dare you? I'd be like, oh, I don't know. Oh, that sucks. So sad for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sucks. <laughs> Wish I could help you with that. Yeah. But it was really cute, really great. And it was a great price for the craftsmanship. So Absolutely. I'll it's definitely worth it. grab yourself one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does she that. have other ones too? I don't know, to be honest. Because, like, I would love to get like a Mothman or a Jersey Devil or something if I could find those next. She has like other like witchy, spooky stuff. Oh, she has Champ <gasps> from Lake Champlain. <gasps> Gotta cover him eventually. Oh, look, there's a Goatman and a Mothman. Oh, awesome. These look exceptional. They look really cool. Yeah. Oh, a Yeti. <gasps> oh. <laughs> We're just looking through this person's Etsy page. And we're then, we're like, fans, by the way. Yeah, she has like little um like trinkets and um earrings and stuff that like have pride stuff on them. So she's like inclusive of the LGBTQA um, community. I love the way that sounds. So we love that for for us. Yes, absolutely. Um, so we kind of love this person. I'm just saying. 
Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. Shout out to them. Shout out to them. We'll we'll probably tag them in, you know, the post that we do at some yeah. point. All right. Um anything else, friend? Before we wrap it wrap? Um, no rapidity wrap. <laughs> Hate it here. It's your room. <laughs> you can't go anywhere. Mm, boo hiss. Um <laughs> boo hiss. Oh, my update is that. I bought a very small crystal tower. It is a quartz, a clear quartz. And I've been sleeping with it on my nightstand table, which is right by my head. And I haven't had a single bad dream since. Oh, I actually put it over here right now. So I put it here for our our, our little guidance while we're recording. Oh, I love it. Um, I haven't had a bad dream since, but I was like thinking it had been like a couple weeks and I was like, oh, I should wash it. Like I should put it in the moonlight. I should do something. And I did kind of have like a negative dream not last night but the night before but it wasn't as bad as it could have been because i have some like really terrifying dreams yeah so luckily it didn't turn as bad and i'm giving that crystal tower credit like i feel like it is because like crystals like absorb your energy back and forth yeah yeah, yeah. so i feel like i filled it with a lot of like negative stuff so i need to put it in the moonlight (laughs) it's i'm done man like like, please please wash me help, Um, help me please help me help you so i'm gonna give it a little bath later really pretty yeah she's pretty She's not very tall, but Guess she's doing done. her job. Guess the job done. Yeah. So if you all want to sleep with the clear crystal, clear crystal quartz by your bedside, helped me. There you go. Love that for me. And I believe you shared with us episodes ago at this point on how to do proper maintenance. With oh, crystals, yes. Right. Yeah. You can mm-hmm. like wash them in a literal bath of water. You can put them in the moonlight and the sunlight. You can bury them in the earth. Mm. um however you're vibing wow yeah and there are alternatives like you can sage your um crystals to clear out negative energies but i would recommend not using white sage because that's like for native people in this area that's what they use and we're kind of like taking all their supply yeah which is not very like if you're that's not your culture then we don't necessarily need that and they need that for real rituals right so um alternatives to that are like burning a different kind of sage burning rosemary or thyme. Ooh, that would smell nice too. It though. does smell really nice. Mm. You can also just like use incense of any kind because smoke will clear out other things. Oh. Huh. So. Might have my house. Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> I don't even want to go home. <laughs> good luck, sis. Good luck. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, everyone. Yeah. As always, y'all are amazing. Hope you had a wonderful Halloween. Yes. And uh, if you're celebrating Dia de los Muertos, I hope you're having a wonderful Dia de los Muertos yes. with your loved ones. I hope your loved you. ones are coming through in the best, best way. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to light the candles on my ofrenda. Much love to all of you guys for sure. And as always, uh, stay curious. And stay creepy. Bye. Bye. Bye.